hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. Are you all ready to get into the Word? Gosh, I've got a word for you today, too, and I, I don't know if I can get it all, get it out, all out the way I, I need to get it out, but I want to tr- attempt to. Um, we've been talking about God's ways. You know, Moses, uh, David wrote it in Psalm. He said uh, Moses knew his ways, or he, the way he thought, his character, uh, and the children of Israel were the beneficiaries of his actions. So they knew his actions, but Moses knew his ways. It's, it's one thing uh, that a person... Uh, passes on, maybe you have a relative that passed on that you didn't really know. They passed on and they left you, you know, a house or they left you some property or they left you uh, some money, uh, left you an inheritance. And, and you didn't really know them, but you got the benefit of their, the, uh, the will that they left you so that you've got an estate. And they had an estate and you get to, you know, become the beneficiary of it. Well, that's a great thing um, to get the stuff, but there are people that knew the person and why he left it to you. And, and, and God not only wants us to, to know about him and to be the beneficiary of his goods, he also wants us to know how he thinks and his ways. When you know his ways and you know how he thinks, what it does, it, it helps you make decisions for your future. You don't have to always um, be intimidated by God. You can know, no, this looks like the Lord, how many of you have had situations happening in your life and you, um, you just kind of know it's, it's, it's God? And it, it's just, you just know it's the Lord. And you're going, and then there's other times you have situations in your life that he's placed you right uh, in front of a, a door that is about to open up for you and he's given you the keys to open up that door and you're ready to open up that door and you know that's not a door that you really wanna walk through, but you know it's the Lord. He gives you this wonderful opportunity and you're going, oh, I am really comfortable where I am. I really think this would be a great place just to, just to set up shop and stay right here. But the Lord opens up that thing and says, here, I want you to take this key, open it up and move forward. And you're going, huh, I know what that means. And it means it's gonna be hard. It's not gonna be easy, but it will be right. And it's gonna be work. It's gonna be effort. It's gonna be probably sweat. It's gonna be sometimes blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, but you know it's right, and you go through it. It's what we went through the building down there. You know, on 18th Street, we were kind of, we were okay. And uh, we were outgrowing the building, of course. But gosh, you know, we comfortable in, the, in what we had with it. Um, and, but the Lord said, I, I, got a, I got a place for you that you have to go to to prepare so we can prepare people and we can build and equip people. There are people here today that had never been to 18th Street. There are people at 18th Street that never were, were at... Um, well, actually, there's people here today that had never been to East Hills. There were people at East Hills that never went to 18th Street. There's people at 18th Street that never went to QFM or traveled around the globe with us as we went from Park uh, to Pullman Plaza to the Civic Center and all the other places in between. So that tells me that there are people there that are not here. And as we get there, we'll meet them and find out how they're gonna be a part of what we're doing and how we can be a part of what God's doing in their life and how we can connect together. And I'm watching how things are kind of unfolding in people's lives. And I've said this over and over the last couple of weeks, and we've been prophesying this for the last two years, maybe even longer, that I've never seen things happen like they're happening in the lives of people right now in such a good, good way. What's happening is the people that are opening up, opening up for risk 
and opportunity and going, God, I'm, I'm willing, God. If that's you, I'm willing. Those are the people that are walking into things that God's bringing into their life. It's the, it's the conservative, um, and when I say conservative, I'm not talking about conservatism. I'm talking about fear. The ones that are kind of holding back and are afraid, those are the ones that are getting shaken a little bit out of the nest. And um, he's going to keep shaking it because he's got to get you into a place of, of where he's taken us. And, uh, and, I, and I got news for you. This is the way, and it's good news, it's the way the Lord is moving in the earth today and the way he's moving in the lives of people. It's just a time of outpouring and it's time of movement and mobility and it's time of growth and it's time of, of, of joy. And it doesn't always feel like joy, but it's a time of joy. It, it, you're, you're gonna experience, some of you are gonna be so thankful that you're where you are right now in your life because of what God is doing in your life is all preparation for where you're going. And, um, and let me give you something else too. You don't have to, um, you don't need to tear down and talk down the place that you live. I'm, not, I'm talking about the city or the region, okay? I've heard so many people talk about how bad Huntington is and how bad Huntington is and how bad this area is, it's depressed, it's all that. Because I, I wouldn't want you to indict yourself by saying that. The reason I say that is if, if it's all that bad and he put us here, then Huntington is a result of what we do. Is that okay? If, if Huntington is all that bad, then, and you're going, man, this place is, I've heard it all, it's just the armpit of West Virginia. This is, this is just, man, there's nothing positive here. There's nothing, there's nothing positive here. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I know. But just because your life or, or my life or a particular life setting at that moment is bad doesn't mean the whole place is bad, right? And if he put you here and he put me here, then he obviously trusts us enough to change the bad around us into something good. But it'll never be something good unless we see ourselves as uh, being able to change it, okay? So that's why we're coming together as a church. That's why we're coming together as a people because the structure of the church, when I say the structure of the church, I'm talking about the body of Christ. The, uh, the, the way you know church and have known church in your past is all changing. It is, I promise you, it's, gonna, it's changing. And, and what, the way I say that is because it's, m many churches um, over the last 20 years, we've been caught up in a real strong um, mega church growth where people are building domes and all those kind of things. And I'm not against that. I think whatever city you're in, I think it's wonderful to have massive groups of people in there. Uh, however, if those groups are not able to be able to facilitate relationships or relationally and individually, then I think that, that those, those are going to be at risk in this next season that we're going into. Because what the Lord is doing is he's changing the structure, or this, the, the Bible calls it the wineskin. He's changing the, the form of the church uh, to be b a backdrop of relationships for equipping unto maturity more so than just um, a group of people coming together and experiencing a, a kind of a concert feel uh, and a real good message or a, a message that's just you know, inspiring, but we walk out without any kind of permanent and long-term lasting change in our lives as well as changes in the lives of the people in the neighborhoods, in the cities, okay? 
So you're gonna see some of that change. And I've got a list of things I feel like the Lord has downloaded to me over the last uh, 24 hours prophetically that I feel like I need to share with you and I feel like we need to write them down and I wanna see and measure them to see if they come to pass. And I think you're gonna see that they are gonna come to pass. I'm telling you, I'm I'm, I'm not 99% sure on some of these things. I'm 100% sure. And you're gonna see it. And that's why I gotta nudge you and get us all in a, a position where we're in a position to be able to be a part of that move so it doesn't pass us by. And you don't watch what happens, you're a part of what happens because you're actually a part of being a part of it happening. And um, you're gonna see a lot of things change over the, over the d- dynamics of, of spirituality and religion over the next 24 to 48 months uh, in, uh, in, the, in the world. Uh, you're gonna see a change in America and you're gonna see a change in your life. You're gonna see people, can I just go here now? I was gonna do this at the end, but let me just go ahead and I'm feeling it. You're gonna see people that have, have completely lost their, their taste for God. And I mean, I'm talking about their, their taste for the Lord. They just do not, and they've been hardened, and, and it's been years. Um, for whatever reason, a right reason of offense or a bad reason of offense, or maybe they just went wayward. It doesn't, I'm not even, it, I don't think it even matters at this point. But you're gonna see those people uh, all of a sudden, not anything that we did or anybody else did, it's something the Spirit of God is doing. He is gonna just illuminate something in their life and they're going to get a craving for, for the authentic relationship of God that they've never, they've never experienced. They had a taste of it before, but not to the measure that he wants to get them and really not to the measure their heart's craving. It was a shallow taste, but it looked like a full taste. And you're gonna see those people come back in the fold. And what we gotta do is prepare for them. Amen. We gotta prepare for them. And we gotta prepare for them, not in a way to where it's all about just coming and, and evangelizing, which we're gonna do. It's, gonna, it's all about equipping for those that are called into law enforcement and those are called into government, those are called into healthcare, those are called into education, those are called into, in, into business and commerce. Whatever that, that, that place they're called into, uh, we've got to begin to set some systems up and, and parameters up to help facilitate the equipping of those people uh, to be able to do what they're supposed to do. It, but it starts here, right? Can't overlook the, the, the congregation to get to the crowd. And we, we, it starts with where we are now. So, but, but those organizations that are system, systemic driven but do not have the backdrop and the integral relationships inside the body will find themselves running people through their systems but won't be able to, to realize the fruit. So, it, so you're gonna see systemic built models and relationship models kind of at a, at, a, at a place looking at each other and they're both gonna be really clear to see. A person that wants to hide in the church can hide in a systemic model, but a person that really is wanting more for the Lord and really wants to know what God is doing in their life, particularly themselves and what, he, what impact they have in the community is going to be a person that's gonna be, feel comfortable in a relational church. It won't be comfortable at first, but it will be comfortable when you, when you lock in, Amen. okay? Amen. That's just, just, just the way it is. Um, you're gonna see, you're, you're gonna see a wave of, of, of people getting filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, and I mean a wave of that happening, not because it's the end, 
it is the beginning. And, and you're gonna see people necessarily wanting and craving and desiring more from the Lord. And it's, not, it's gonna be a, a, a place where God just pours and baptizes people by, by the dozens in settings, not because of anything that we taught them right or just because they had their heart towards him and have been exposed to it and want it. And he's gonna baptize them. And then their life's gonna change. You're gonna see a shift from, well, we're seeing it. You're gonna see a shift from me telling you and, and, and you hearing, you gotta renew your mind, 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 to somebody preparing you to challenge your mind on how to be renewed. Like, if I'm telling you all the time, is you, you don't be conformed to the world, you gotta be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You, you can agree with that. We can agree together in that. However, if I don't tell you things biblically that challenge your current conformed world mind, you'll never renew it. So, so messages are gonna come, instead of us telling you what you need to do, I believe you're gonna hear the prophetic word of the Lord coming in your life, and it's gonna automatically challenge you, and when it challenges you and confronts that current paradigm or life view that you have, you either have an opportunity to continue going forward with that, or discount what you hear, and then nestle back into a comfortable place, and then this whole wave of what God is doing across the globe is gonna pass, pass you by, okay? Am I good? I just feel like I'm just telling you. Hmm. It's June 11th. You have, we have about six more months in this year. I'm gonna prompt you today and kind of place you on notice. Everything that has been blocked in the last year, two years, three years, or maybe longer, or anything that you have in your life that's partially complete. You notice I didn't say incomplete. I said partially complete. I'm not asking you to start something. I'm asking you to finish some things. Okay? So look at your life. Survey it. What is it in your, your life that you have started, but it's been blocked, or you've gotten so far on it and just got wore out with the process, and, and it was just too weary, I'm just telling you, whatever those things are, you have about six months to finish the things that, that need to be completed. Here's why. Not because you'll be penalized if you don't do it in six months. I'm just telling you the things that the Lord has prepared your heart for that got you even in the process of that journey is gonna be needed to be complete because what you're doing right now is building foundational things in your life and completing things in your life that you will need to build on come the first of the year. Does that make sense to you? So whatever those things are that are here that you're pressing into and you're just going, gosh, I just don't, I feel like I'm beating my head against the wall. Well, you got six months to press into those things because with, with completing those things that have been started, you're gonna need those things to be complete. Let me give you an example. You've, you wanna relocate your business, or you wanna relocate your family, you wanna relocate this, or you wanna pay off the debts, or you, whatever, I don't know what you've started, but it's necessary that you've finished what you've started in this next six months, and there'll be a grace to finish it. There'll be, there'll be a grace on it. It's necessary to get yourself in a position, why? Because 
what once was your ceiling will now be your floor. Right? Do you guys feel that? That's, that's, I'm telling you the truth. Somebody has child support that they need to finish and get caught up. You've started it, but you got caught in this place. And all this stuff is around. I'm just telling you, now's the time to forge ahead to get whatever those things are completed that are hindrances and have been like a hang-up for you. Because you'll need those out of the way or completed to, for your, your next step, which is going to be clearly right after the first of the year or towards the end of this year. You got about six months to finish these things. And things that have been blocked for two or three years are not gonna be blocked anymore. I told you last week that the Lord said that why are you asking for me to open up a door when I've given you the keys? And I'm gonna tell you what, this, some, what those keys are. Obviously the keys of the kingdom are faith and all those things, but keys are people. People are keys. People are keys. So he's got already put people into your life to open up the door, or he's gonna very quickly put people in your life that's gonna open up the door, but just as quickly as they are keys for your life, you are a key for somebody else's. So if you only see yourself looking for keys and do not see yourself as a key, you'll miss some of the keys that are supposed to open the doors for you. Because as you're a key for somebody else, somebody else is gonna be a key for you. Right? Somebody is gonna be faced with getting a promotion that you've been eyeing for a long time and you've gone, man, I don't know if I, you know, I should have had that. And you've already kind of given up on the fact that it was for you. And you just kind of said, that's just the end of it. I'm, I'm, I'm content where I am. That's, that's fine because it's gonna come back open again. And you're gonna open up through that door and go. Good? Somebody has been afraid to dream and you've been afraid to dream. And the reason you've been afraid to dream is because you've had so many dreams just with holes poked in them and you're afraid to get your hopes up because you just, Seems like you get disappointed all the time because you're so you're safe by not dreaming. And, and I'm telling you that the, the Lord is going to give you more dreams than you've ever had right now in this moment you're living and you're not gonna be able to shut them down fast enough. So you might as well just give in to the dreams of the Lord because he's being creative in your mind and your mind can't stop racing right now. And here's the thing, the Lord just spoke to me just this moment, just told me this. Those of you that are trying to reduce down to manage his dream are going to get frustrated because you can't reduce someone that's omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. The dream that he gives you cannot be reduced down. It can only be illuminated and, and increased. Someone says, man, I need to downsize. No, you just need to reposition. It's good stuff. There are times in my life when I know that I'm hearing because all I'm really doing is repeating what I'm hearing. I'm not making it up. And I'm telling you, this is one of these moments. Somebody just said that, I heard the Lord say that somebody just said in their mind, I'll give it just another week. One more week, so I wanna give it if things don't change in a week, 
I'm going to just go a different course. And, and, and the Lord says, you're going to abort right before the thing comes to pass. He also said, don't settle. Don't settle for something ordinary or secondary just because the pressure of others around you want you to settle for secondary or, or, or ordinary. It would be easier to go with the flow and settle for that, but God said don't settle for that even if it requires you to withstand against the people that are putting pressure. You have to look at them and say, I'm not gonna do that because I know this is right. And the reason you have to stand against that is because when you stand against that and do what's right and stay in the place that you're supposed to be staying, they'll benefit from it, but they won't know they're benefiting until you make your firm stand and it plays out in your life. There are people right now, some I bet are even watching by internet, some will be watching this later on, pod, later on podcast, and some of you are sitting here right now, and you're vacillating with a, from, for a firm place to land. And, you're, and, you're, and you're, you're transient. You're just transient. The Lord says, plant your feet. Plant. If you never are planted, you can never grow. Some of you said, you don't understand, I have to be transient because the, where I am in my life right now, the Lord says, just make a stand. I don't know who this is for, but somebody told me to tell you, the Lord told me to tell you who this is. You'll know who this is. It'll bear witness with you. If it doesn't bear witness with you, just discount it. The Lord said, you've been not wanting to sell that house. And the Lord just said for you to sell that house, put it on the market. I'm not even so sure it was your primary residence. It could be another house. But the Lord said, put it, on, put it up for sale. Why? because it's gonna be necessary for you to sell it in the next season. You don't wanna to have to go back and swipe at things while you're moving so fast and propelling into your season of, of blessing and joy and overflow and increase and these things are happening. You don't wanna go back and do this. You don't wanna to have to go back and do this. Heard the Lord say, the church is graduating, his body is graduating from infancy and toddler and adolescent to becoming more of an adult.
when Jesus was on the earth walking and he came and started a public ministry, Jesus went about preaching the kingdom of God and demonstrating the kingdom. And he came to bring a, a, a way of life and a, and, a, and a clear, transparent depiction of how God feels about people, the Father feels about people. That was his reason. I'm coming, to, I, wanna, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna clear up any misrepresentation of how you think he is. So Jesus comes and he begins to clear, clearly do it. But along the way for three and a half years and documented in four books, the Gospels, Jesus would go about healing people, raising the dead, healing the sick, um, uh, the, the blind that were, were blind to get their sight, ear, people that were deaf could hear. He went about doing all those things as he was ministering the message and, 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 and introducing the message of the kingdom of God, God's government in the earth, as well as the heart of the Father being demonstrated to people and how God clearly feels about us and how much he loves us. So as Jesus was doing that, he would go about doing healing. Well, the church over 2,000 years has, has, has really modeled, tried to model Jesus's ministry by healing and touching and, 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 and all things typically are, are built around those things. Healing, getting people saved, and you're thinking, God, yeah, what else is there? There, there is a, a place beyond that, okay? If you look what Jesus, when Jesus goes and back to the Father, the baptism, the, the, the day of Pentecost when the Spirit of God come to the earth, and then you begin to look at Peter's message, and you begin to look at the disciples' message, and in Paul's writings down the road, what you see is a church that matured or grew past or developed in its progression from Jesus just introducing it to people that were activated and living in it. Let me, let me give you an example. Jesus would go to a town and he would, they would line up all the people that had devils and he would cast out all the devils. All the people that had the spirit of infirmity, he would heal them all. All the people that had diseases, he would heal them. People, he would just one after another going about healing. So, so much that people would say, come and get him so he could go heal my brother and he could heal my sister. He could raise the dead for my son and all, all these things. But when Peter and James and John are on the scene, and I'm, I'm talking about post-Jesus, right, past the cross and resurrection, on that other side of the resurrection, the message of the church went about changing entire communities and cities and, and regions, okay? It went about preaching and teaching and demonstrating. The demonstration wasn't the end. The demonstration, demonstration was along the way. But for whatever reason, over the last several decades, and maybe even longer, the church of, of the Western church, our churches in America specifically, we have built churches and models on around sick people, poor people, broke people, uh, um, uh, people that are, you know, imprisoned people, the down and out. We, and we built all of the model of the church of, around that. And we should have that a part of the, that's part of the kingdom. All right, I'm not dismissing that. What I'm saying is that can't be in and of itself the end all. It, it, it shifted, right? So, so much so, when Paul was preaching the message of the kingdom, Paul goes and meets with the guys in, in, in Jerusalem 
And they all come together and they're starting to talk about, hey, you know, is it circumcision or not circumcision? Or should they follow the law or they should not follow the law? And after a debate, a heated debate, it came down to this. Look, don't mingle blood and sacrifices and drinking all of the blood and, 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 and remember the poor. Paul said this, well, I was gonna do that anyway. It was a byproduct. Ministering to people that are hurting and down and out is a part of the kingdom. But if that's the only part of the kingdom, all you'll ever do is take people from down and out, from not down and out, but never excel into the things that they're supposed to be. Hear me what I'm saying, don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying is the church body and model of the church as we come together cannot be just centered around those that are only hurting. You end up neglecting those that are called to change society at a higher and deeper and more prominent level. So a trick of the enemy is to get us all focused on the dark side of society and build models of church and effort and money and, ex and, and, and exercise to go at all the people that we can help to get them out of the mess that they're in. While you've got over here a group of people that are looking to be equipped, they don't know how to equip, equip themselves that really do change the world faster and quicker. Tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me you disagree. Mom and dad have two boys, one 16, one 17. The 16 year old goes out, gets hooked on drugs, um, a cycle of, of crime, just wayward, just gets way out there. And, and, and over the course of two or three years, you know, now, he's, now he's 18, the 17 year old, now is 19, and, and two years have gone by, and those of you that know what I'm talking about, I promise you, the energy, the effort, the heart-wrenching that your heart's torn out as a parent, because all the energy you spend on the 16-year-old, there's no way you can spend that type of energy on the 16-year-old and the 17-year-old. So the 17-year-old, really, because he doesn't cause necessarily the problems that the 16-year-old is and doesn't require the immediate attention and almost emergency room kind of attention, the 17-year-old gets the less of the, the time and energy of equipping because he doesn't demand it all at once. Am I talking to anybody? You hear what I'm saying? So here's what happens. The 17-year-old becomes 19. The 16-year-old becomes 18. Two years later, assuming it all works well, the 16-year-old now gets right. He's free. So it was worth all the time and effort you spent over here building and pouring into this 16-year-old that's now 18. You're going, I got, my, I got my son back. That's wonderful. The challenge is the 17-year-old's now 
19 and moving out of the house. And the two years that he was in the house that you were really gonna inform him and help him make lifelong career decisions didn't get the time he needed at 19 or 17 because of all the energy over here. We built church models similar to houses where we're spending all of our time over here while over here, those that are maturing, just looking for direction and, 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 and equipping on how to become what we're supposed to be, to be life changers, don't get the attention. It's not either or. It has to be also. But it can't be only this. If it's only this, this is all you'll get. Paul, Jesus said this, but the, 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 woman was, the woman was pouring oil or perfume on Jesus' feet. And they were mad because it was expensive. She said, the poor will be with you always. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you that this, when Jesus introduces the kingdom and he begins to heal the sick and raise the dead and do all these wonderful things and feed the 5,000, all these wonderful miracles, that's supposed to be elementary. And we're still, as a church world, trying to get back over into elementary. When Paul's message after Jesus had resurrected and given him the power, which was the power of the Spirit, is now everybody has God inside of them. If you're, if you're, if you're awakened to him and he's, you're born again, he's inside of you and you have everything that you need. Am I making any sense? You, you gotta look at your house that way, your home. Before you go to bed tonight, survey it. What, what, am, I, what am I doing? How much of my energy and focus and day is just trying to survive? or help people just survive, or just stay in survival? Or how much of my day is equipping this thing in me, and am I equipping others from what, with what I have to help them be and excel to where they're just not getting by? So Paul, Peter, Paul, and, or Peter, James, and John were going to the temple one day to pray and they looked down, there's a guy there that's begging. But he was crippled. So Peter, James, and John looked at him and said he was begging for money. And he said, I don't think you've heard the story. You guys know it well. But I don't have silver and gold. But what I do have, I'll give it to you. I'll give you healing. I get up and walk. It didn't stop with I'll give you the healing. It said get up and walk. You got to go. Your healing is for you to walk. It isn't for you just to be healed. Okay? Are you okay? Yeah. Man, we're just having church here today, but we're just talking because I feel like I gotta equip you. We gotta equip the body. Yeah. There's so much more. 
Seth, go ahead and put that scripture up there if you don't mind. I'll close with this in just a second. Genesis 13, 11 says this. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east and they separated from each other. This is Abraham and Lot were separating because they had disagreements amongst their people. So Abraham goes to Lot and he says, hey, you pick where you want just so we don't have strife. You take what you want, you go over there, wherever you, you pick it, and then I'll take whatever you don't take. And here's what happened. Lot chose for himself, and Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched, look at this, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Now, you know, that's north, south, east, and west. That's a circle. Look, look, just, just in other words, spin around. And even the place that Lot just took, that's in this northward, southward, westward, eastward. It's in the cycle. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Here we go. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth tree of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. This is, is as prophetic as picture as I could tell you of God's ways. This is it. Abraham was in conflict. Now, Lot doesn't have to necessarily mean his, his, his nephew. It could be your your, your old lifestyle. Lot could represent um, a disagreement you're having with people. It could represent an old um, financial situation. It could, Lot could represent many things. I want you to recognize this because I'm not talking about Lot right now. I'm just talking about there was a disagreement, there was dissension, there was turmoil, there was confusion, there was strife, and Abraham says, I'm tired of the strife and for the sake of the, not having the strife, Lot, you just take what you want. In other words, I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm just going to give it to you. I'll succeed. I'll uh, concede and give you what you want. So Lot goes and takes the land. Then God says to him, arise, I want to show you something. As far as you can see from the north, the south, the east, and the west, all this land, I'm giving it to you. It's all yours. Now, I want you to do something, though, Abraham. Just because you decided to walk away from that, I'm still going to give you all of this. But you've got to be willing to walk in the height and the depth and the width of this land. You've got to be willing to go. You've got to be willing to step out. You've got to be willing to go. Now, here's the problem. I've already told you my heart. I've already told you my intentions towards you is to give you all of this, not only for you, but for your kids. And as far as your kids can go, I'm talking about down the line generationally. You can't even count them. If somebody can count the sands on the beach, the sand on the beach, they'll be able to tell you how many descendants you have in your family. They can't do it. 
That's how many people you're gonna be blessed because of you, Abraham. But you've gotta be willing, Abraham. You've gotta be willing to stand up and say, I'm going forward and I'm gonna walk this thing out. I'm gonna take the risk. Why? Because the promise that you had given me says, you've given it to me. It belongs to me. Then Abraham does this. As he looks up in the sky, he sees all the stars, he sees all the sand on the beach, and he looks around and he says, okay. And the Bible says he picks up his tent, gets all his people together, and says, we're moving forward. He built an altar unto the Lord, he gave it unto the Lord, he dedicated it unto the Lord, and he said, this is yours, I've heard your voice, I have built an altar now, I know I'm going forward, and now everybody, we're going to go in a place that we don't even know what it looks like, other than the fact that we're gonna go after it. We're gonna go forward. We're gonna move. We're gonna go fast. Everybody get ready, we're moving forward. Now, this is a spiritual type for us and in your, your life today. I don't know where you are right this minute in your life. If you sit down across from somebody and they, you begin to pour your life out, they did a, an, an evaluation and an assessment of where you are right now, your age, your health, your, your relationships, your, 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 your liabilities, your assets, all those things. If they just took a, a snapshot and looked at your life and you went, this is my current situation. Here's my limitations, here's my obstacles, but here's the things I have inside of me that I know that, are, that, are, that God has placed. I promise you, the things that he's placed inside of you will be greater than all your limitations. Amen. It'll be greater than all the obstacles. But if you only lean into the obstacles as you're, that are prohibiting you from moving forward, you'll only be focused on the limitations and you'll not be focused on the, the asset that he's placed inside of you. Am I, am I making sense? All right, what I, I describe to you is where most people are living but really, it's a lot of what we've done as a church world that has prepared you for that. Because we've spent so much time talking about the dark. We've spent so much time talking about the hurting. And we've spent so much time talking about, and, and I'm telling you, Jesus just healed the sick. You don't see a whole lot of messages on it. He just fed the poor with two fish and five loaves, took it from a young boy took two fish and five loaves from a kid. Tell me Channel 3 wouldn't be right in the middle of that story. Hey, kid, give me your, give me your lunch. I'm gonna feed all these poor people. All these people around here are hungry. They've been following me for days. Give me your lunch. Wouldn't that be a story? You see what I'm talking about? Okay, we, we're, we're, we're bent as a people. And, a, and an unrenewed mind is bent on the obstacles, the hindrances. The, the shortcomings, the dark side, the, 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 and then what we do is we begin to minister to that side and that gives us some sort of self-fulfilling thing inside of us. And we feel fulfilled when we're helping this person over here, helping that person over here. And that becomes our end all, right? No, no, no. Until Huntington truly does transform and the economics of the city transform and opportunity outweighs the people and the people become running from other areas to move here because of opportunity, then the kingdom hasn't made that much of impact. 
But as long as the church, which is the agent of the kingdom and the message and the voice of God through the kingdom, through us, the vo- as long as we're tripped up and distracted by only ministering to the dark side without releasing and equipping people into creating all those things that are gonna create opportunities, I don't care how long a person gets off drugs, they could be off drugs, but if they don't have opportunity to advance in life, all they're gonna ever do is be a victory of, I'm sober. But there's gotta be a testimony beyond sobriety. Am I right? There's gotta be a testimony, a a person gets healed. I, I mean, listen to me, guys. The, the only industry that has really grown in, in, in the entire Midwest in the last 20 years or 15 years is the healthcare industry. Hospitals are building everywhere. They're buying up property everywhere. It's mega churches, are become mega hospitals. We got all this stuff. So what churches did about 15 or 20 years ago, we kept saying, man, we, the church is a hospital to the hurting, right? If you're a hospital to the hurting, somebody needs to be graduating people from business school in the church. Somebody needs... I know, but Bobby's sitting right here. Bobby has got a heart and capacity for much greater than what he's already experienced in life. Would you agree? I know, all right? But unless somebody points him to the direction and becomes the key that unlocks a door into his purpose or into his next season of his life, all they'll ever be able to do is manage and maintenance his sobriety. and then we become managers of dysfunction. Not that that's wrong, but that's not the end all. And then some people say, God, I just, but I would just, you don't understand, I'm just trying to get sober. I'm just trying to get clean. I'm just trying to get my head above water. What, guess what? We're gonna give you that, and we're gonna minister to you while you get your head above water. But I'm gonna be honest with you. Once your head becomes above water, and you're not willing to bring your whole body out of the water, You got to climb as much as we're pulling. Right? You're only gonna be able to get out of what you put into it. That's what the guys told them at camp this week. Three nights, six to eight. Told all the kids, hey guys, listen, this is great that you come here for six hours this week, but if you don't work on these skills and these techniques that we're teaching you for six hours all week long and during your own personal time, you're gonna be as good as what you get these six hours. And that's exactly what church is. And see what we, but then because we don't see the materialize in people's life, what churches have done, and I've been just as guilty, my gosh, I battle this in my own mind about how we structure things. What we do is we set up programming to, to keep people from messing up. And all of our programming is about how we keep people from a mess or getting out of a mess. But tell me the next, tell me the last business school and business classes or entrepreneurial school or health school or health ministry or tell me, tell me the last time you see that or technology school in a, school, in a, in a church. Amen. You don't see it. We leave that to public education and um, or colleges, and then we get mad because the millennials become so liberal on the other side. And we're going, oh my God, they're just teaching them all kinds of stuff. 
well, they're not interested in just helping poor people only. They wanna do that as a side. They wanna create a shoe company. Listen to me, God, I'm speaking. I'm, you, you all hear what I'm telling you? Yeah. I'm speaking the heart of the Lord this morning. God, I am so feeling so, so clear in my mind right now. They wanna start a shoe company so they can sell all kinds of shoes and every shoe they sell, a dollar of it's gonna go to the poor. Tom's. And there's companies like that popping up everywhere. Why? Because there's something inside of people that wanna make a social difference, but they're not willing to sell their life just for the social difference. Why is the church doing that? Why are you doing that? Why are we doing that? The social piece is an outflow of your heart to see people helped and changed and ratified and, 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 and raised up. That's a part of our heart. That's a natural part of our heart. But if that's all you focus on in your life, all you're ever gonna get is hand to mouth, disappointment and life cycles because people will let you down and people will walk away and people will hurt you. Yes, they will. So you have to begin to build something for your kids and your kids' kids that they don't have to just sit down at the end of your life and look at all the people that you helped that were poor and you gave your heart to this and you gave your heart to that and your kids walk away with a great memory but no inheritance. Oh my. So what am I telling you? You got six months. I'm serious. That's from the Lord. You have six months. You have a window of opportunity to accelerate. Some of you have been trying to even lose weight, getting healthy, six months. It won't be as hard as it has been. There's a window. You're gonna finish and complete what you've started, what's been blocked. You're gonna finish the projects of your house. You're gonna finish the business deal. You're gonna, you're gonna move here. You're gonna change this. You're gonna complete the paperwork. What it, I don't know what it's gonna be. You only know that, and only the Spirit of God inside of you can tell you what that looks like. But we've gotta shift into where the Holy Spirit clearly is honored in the earth to govern, to rule, to create through you in society, in culture. So when you pull up Facebook and you see something that says, man, Huntington is the worst city in the world and the person lives in the city of Huntington, why self-indict? Why, why go, oh, because you think yourself, I can't change it by myself. No, no more complaining about the environment simply because we're miserable on the inside. So I wanna encourage you today. Start speaking well of. can you find good about your life? What can you find good about the people around you? 
What are you grateful for and thankful for? Or have your, your problems and despair eclipsed your ability to see clearly around you? Because you have things to be, sorry, to, be, to be thankful for. There's so much, so much more that God has for us and he has for you that limitations of external limitations are gonna be, be not nearly as bad in the months and years to come. The only limitations you're gonna have is, is within yourself and your mind and your heart because we've been conditioned to live just trying to get out of the mess we're in and then trying to help other people that are in the mess they're in. And I love you guys so much. You'll have no idea how much I spend praying for you. And sometimes I'll, I'll fire off a text or a Facebook message to you just to tell you, man, I got you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling you today. Because I see your potential. I know there's a dream inside of you that's greater than what you've experienced to this point. So we're building that building down there for a place to be able to house equipping people. We want to help people that are hurting. It's the real life school of ministry. And that's to get people to understand their identity and to be able to walk in this thing and see supernatural things happen. Not as a, not as a, 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 an ordinary thing, but that it becomes just commonplace in life. I drove Caden through Huntington yesterday and I'm gonna close with this. You can stand with me if you don't mind. After the, after the uh, football camp at Marshall yesterday, I, Caden and I were in the car, we were driving. And um, as we were driving through, I just, I felt like I was driving through the, the city of Huntington. Some good areas and some not so good areas. And as we were driving, he was just looking around and I said, Man, look at that over there. I took him to a pretty depressed area, and I said, you see all those houses that are over there? I said, they're all kind of boarded up. He said, yeah. He said, that's rad, isn't it? I said, yeah. I said, but man, if those houses weren't there, what, would that, what, would, what could you do with that? Of course, he just came from football camp, so everything was sports. He said, that could be a sports complex. I said, it could. I said, but those houses are in the way. Those, 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 those dilapidated houses are in the way. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, man, it could be a sports complex. Yeah, I said, so when you drive by here and we just happen to see a house like that, I want you to dream. I want you to begin to visualize in your mind what that really could be. Can you see the value in that? Not what it is, but what it could be. He said, yeah, I could do that. And I said, okay, you know that little boy, that friend of yours that goes to class with you in your third grade? And I said, that little guy that you tell me that kind of has a hard time at home and his mom and dad struggle and things like that? I go, yeah. I said, can you look at that little boy, your friend, and begin to help him see that house could become a sports complex? Could you help him see it? He said, I think I can. 
I said, well, here's how it works, bub. You gotta, you gotta first be able to see that little boy in that house and that family as a sports complex. He's more than what's in his life right now. And can you help me help him? Yeah. He said, I can do it. I can do it. I said, good. I said, I just want you to start saying things to him when you see him to help him dream. Help him see bigger. Help him think. And every time he starts telling you all the things that are wrong, I want you to listen to him. Don't, don't, don't negate it. It's real. I said, but then don't let it end there. Let it end with hope that goes beyond where he is right now. Yeah. I said, we're putting a church in the West End of Huntington. It'd be nice to go to Ona or Milton or Barbersville. But we're putting one in the West End. Why? We see a sports complex. Not there. But we see the West End of Huntington prosperous. And I'm, I prophesy to you, I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, you will see it take place. As we move in that area, you're going to see buildings built. You're going to see jobs and, and, and jobs created. You're going to see new industry. You're going to see supermarkets revitalized. You're going to see grocery stores move in. You're going to see people take care of their property. Why? Because we demand it? No, we're bringing it. That's you, and that's me. And God forbid that we do it as a church body, but we don't do it individually. No, we're gonna do it individually too. So Father, in Jesus' name, I feel like I've completely shared your heart today. And I've given them, given them an insight of your ways how you think, what your desire for them and us and the area is. I feel like, Lord, that you've allowed us to put some things in proper adjustment and order today. And Father, by the power of your spirit and in the name of Jesus the Christ, I'm asking you to flood your people. With joy, with hope, with freedom, with healing, with prosperity, with increase, with boldness, with courage, with truth, with righteousness. the Lord say he said would you just tell them that all the junk that they're looking at across their land and across this region I've already got a remedy to fix the pendulum has already swung to the other side 
to tell them not to keep fighting battles and using creative energy just to think of ways to fix something I've already kind of got a solution for and it's already moving. He said, tell, tell my people to put themselves in a position to equip themselves. Get in a position to grow, to accelerate. Father, in Jesus' name, we declare your people whole. We declare your people righteous. And God, we are excited and we're anxious to see what you're gonna do in the lives of all your people. Even this week, even this month, Lord, we accept the challenge, we accept the direction for the next six months to complete what things are started. You're not asking us to start a whole lot of things new, you're asking us to finish what we've already started. All those things that have been blocking us are gonna be removed and it's gonna be a, a time of ease and a time of peace and a time of rest as we accelerate. We're gonna put forth the effort. We're not gonna be timid or afraid. We're gonna go and we're gonna go and we're gonna go and we're gonna watch how the systems of this world facilitate the systems of our God and the kingdom of our God will reign and increase and your people and the world will see how truly you feel about them, that they know that you love them and you're good and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you all. What is it that you're called to be? Too often we think only people called into ministry are preachers, but did you know that God has called you to influence your world? Whether you're a teacher, a mom, a businessman, a doctor, you're called to bring who God is into your sphere of influence. I want to invite you to visit at Expression Church of Huntington. Our passion is to teach others how to be the expression of Christ in everyday real life. Service times are Sundays at 11 a.m. with Sunday school starting at 9.30 for all ages. We also have our midweek service called The Mid, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Our temporary sanctuary is located at 5185 U.S. Route 60 East in Huntington at the East Hills Professional Center off of the 29th Street exit. We will soon be moving to our permanent property at Commerce Park in Huntington. I'm Stephanie Scragg, and I am Expression.